Episode 18, The F Word, Top 10 Countdown. For your reference, Matthew chapter 6, verses 14 through 15. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. 2 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 7 through 11. So that, on the contrary, you ought rather to forgive and comfort him, lest perhaps such a one be swallowed up with too much sorrow. Therefore, I urge you to reaffirm your love to him. For to this end, I also wrote that I might put you to the test, whether you are obedient in all things. Now whom you forgive anything, I also forgive. For if indeed I have forgiven anything, I have forgiven that one for your sakes in the presence of Christ, lest Satan should take advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. So, as you probably figured out by now, the F word is forgiveness. So this is the top 10 reasons to forgive. Um, As we get ready to enter into a new year, after experiencing the year 2020, um, which was filled with so much uncertainty and devastation and loss, um, a lot of us are still holding grudges that we are carrying around with us year after year after year. And then we're trying to figure out why we are not truly living the abundant life, why it seems as though the blessings of God are escaping us, why our prayers to him seem to go unanswered, or it seems like we've been praying the same prayer um, for such a long period of time, when in actuality, um, it is something as simple as forgiveness. And so I just want to go through the top 10 reasons why we should forgive um, so that you can have something to meditate on as you get ready to go into a new year, hopefully leaving some of your old baggage behind. Reason number 10. Reason number 10 why we should forgive is we can't make it into heaven with an unforgiving heart. Um, The world tells us YOLO, you only live once. But we know if, if you have any knowledge of scripture, if you have any knowledge of this walk of faith, you know that we are living to live again. And that ultimately our goal is to be able to reign and rule with Christ for all of eternity, to make it in to make it to heaven, to see those streets paved with gold, to see those pearly gates, to see the mansions um, that, you know, were built for us, the treasure that um, is stored up for us in heaven. But we can't make it there when we have unforgiveness in our heart, when we are lugging around bitterness, when we are drudging around resentment, when we are carrying this weight of unforgiveness because we Satan has convinced us to hold a grudge. You cannot make it into heaven with an unforgiving heart. Reason number nine, why we should forgive. When we forgive, we help to ease the burden of guilt carried by the person who did the wrong. This is such an elevated um, thought process. Um, Definitely um, representative of being in a different place in God where We know that we are responsible for one another. We have obligations to one another. There is a scripture that tells us that we are supposed to esteem the needs of others um, above our own. And so a big part of that, and that kind of ties into that scripture that I read in chapter, 
in uh, Corinthians where Paul is given direction. He's not actually physically there, but in this letter, he's telling the church that this, this person who obviously is a member of the body who had erred in some way, he's given direction saying, okay, you have given him whatever his uh, just due punishment was. Now it's time to forgive. And in that scripture, he says that part of the reason why it was time to forgive, um, so that the burden or so that, um, just to get the right words that, um, the, the person be overtaken by too much sorrow at their own wrongs. And so, um, we have an obligation to forgive one another so that the person who has done their wrong is not being burdened with condemnation so that like the scripture says, the enemy does not, is not able to come in and and get busy basically because we're holding, we're holding this grudge. We're carrying around this unforgiveness. We're refusing to let it go. And Satan is so good at that. He is so good at coming in and saying, um, you know, you have a right to how you feel. You have a right. You, you know, you don't have to forgive that person. Um, and especially sometimes, you know, we, we're feeling like, well, they haven't apologized, so I don't have to forgive them. But as we move through these reasons, you, you, we will see why forgiveness is an onus of responsibility that we have to be willing to take on ourselves. And as we get into reason number eight, we are commanded to, to, um, forgive, um, Christ commands that we forgive. Um, there's a scripture <clears throat> where he says, where the, uh, you know, the, the disciples are always asking questions. And then if you kind of mi- mix the Pharisees in there, you know, they're ask- asking questions as well. And I probably won't be able to flip right to it. But basically um, in the scripture, if I'm not mistaken, I believe it's Peter. He's like, so how many times should we for- forgive? Um, we should forgive uh, seven times, correct? And everything that they did was steeped in some type of religious tradition Um, or something that, you know, came out of the law. And so they were told that you should forgive, um, three, three, give three occasions for forgiveness. And so Peter felt like he was going that extra mile by saying, okay, we will forgive seven times. And Jesus, he responds and he says, no, you forgive 70, 70 times seven. So Jesus commands us. And then also there's another scripture where, um, the old Testament, you know, says an eye for an eye that basically, you know, what has been done to you, you repay that with, you repay it in the same manner that it was done to you. Of course, under the dispensation of grace and with Jesus coming along, Jesus is telling us that we forgive, that we pray for those who hurt us, that we pray for those who persecute us, that we continuously show kindness and we cannot do that in of our in and of ourselves. We cannot do that in our flesh. It is the spirit of God that comes to give us that power and that ability if we surrender and if we yield to really be able to say, you know what? You haven't asked for my forgiveness, but I forgive you. I forgive you because it is what Jesus has commanded me to do. And because I have um, dedicated my life, I have accepted him. I'm yielding to him. I am forgiving you because it is what he w- would have me to do. And, you know, at this point in our walk, hopefully we know that, um, when we are, whenever we are commanded to do something by God, whenever it it is written in his word, how we should be and how we should act and how we should carry ourselves. When we do that, we are walking in obedience and, um, I can take you into many scripture that will give you all of the blessings 
amen, that God will extend to you when you are obedient to his commandments, when you are obedient to what you know he expects of us. And so we know that um, he has elevated Jesus because of his sacrifice that he has given Jesus a name above every name and so therefore if Jesus Christ is commanding that we um that we forgive when we are obedient to that we are still um able to receive and to reap the the blessings that God has for us when we walk in obedience now what we need to understand is on the flip side of obedience it is disobedience so on the flip side of blessing is cursing and what we have to recognize when you go into those Old Testament scriptures and when you read those scriptures that talk about how disobedience brings uh, cursings, these curses are not from the enemy. When you walk in disobedience, now it is God who brings those curses upon you because you have disobeyed him. Amen. And so when he has made a commandment, when he has revealed it to our heart. So there are some of us right now let's just be transparent where God has been telling you for years. I don't want you to forgive that person. And in our flesh, we say, Lord, but you just don't understand. They hurt me too bad, but you just don't understand. They continue to do stuff to me, but you just don't understand. I know they're not sorry for what they've done. And God is saying, but I want you to forgive them, but I need you to forgive them. I am commanding you to forgive them. And so then we don't. And so, and then we're trying to figure out why we can't seem to shake depression or why we seem to keep battling illnesses or why we seem to not be reaping those uh, benefits and those blessings in our lives that we, we believe that we're due or we're entitled to because we feel like we're walking a walk of faith. And God is saying, but I, I have commanded you to do something. I have spoken to your heart. I have revealed it to you. You know that you know that you know that I've told you to forgive. And because of your because of you elevating what you think to be right above what I am saying, you're walking in disobedience. And so as we are coming out of a year like this, as we are you know getting ready to cross over into a new year, not only do we want to forgive, but let's walk in obedience. Let's let's be obedient to what we know that God is whispering, is speaking to our heart. Go and forgive your mother. Forgive your father. Forgive your sister. It is time out for holding grudges. If there is anything to be repaid, because what happens is when we don't forgive, amen, then we let the root of bitterness spring up into our hearts and then it begins to defile us. And now it is seeping out of us and we are oozing bitterness and we are oozing misery and we are oozing all of this that is a a repercussion from our unwillingness to forgive. Let's take that step in faith. Amen. Let's take that step in obedience and let's extend forgiveness. All righty. The number seven reason to forgive is because it is part of the likeness of Christ. And so as we endeavor to be Christ-like and as we identify ourselves as Christians, because we what we're saying is we are imitating the life of Christ. Um, We know that the scripture says that, you know, he makes us into a new creation. He wants that we take on the mind of Christ, that we begin to emulate his ways, that we allow the power of the Holy Spirit to come in and to change our nature and to change our ways of being and change our ways of thinking so that we then begin to walk 
like he walked and we begin to talk how he talked and we begin to move how he moved. Forgiveness is a part of that, just in the very nature that his atoning sacrifice was so that we could receive the forgiveness of sins. Our sins could be forgiving, uh, forgiven us based on the sacrifice that Jesus Christ gave when he died on the cross. So forgiveness is a part of his very likeness. There are several scriptures in the Bible that I could reference where we see as a part of healing in his miracle working, he tells them your sins have been forgiven you. Go and sin no more. Your sins have been forgiven you. Go and sin no more. And so as he is forgiving, it is because it is a part of who he is. As we allow ourselves to be changed and to take on the likeness and the image of Christ, we take on every part of him, forgiveness being one of them. And so when we forgive, when we are willing to extend forgiveness, when we don't have to be asked to forgive, when we extend forgiveness, even when we haven't received an apology, we are reflecting the image of Christ. Christ is truly shining through us when we allow ourselves to yield to the spirit, to give up our right to ourselves, give up our right to our flesh, give up our right to our, to what we think is correct, what we think is um right, what we think is true. When we do that, we are truly reflecting the image of Christ. Number six, the number six reason to forgive is because you have been forgiven. So taking a step back into thinking about the likeness of Christ who has forgiven us our sins, we should be forgiving because he has forgiven us. And so every time that we stop and we recount what has been done to us and we say, but no, they did this or no, they said this, or I'm not forgiving them because they continue to do this. Then our father, which is in heaven is looking down and saying, but yet you are constantly asking for forgiveness every day. You are asking me to forgive you when you make a mistake. You are asking me to make uh, forgive you when you slip up or when you do something you're not supposed to do. And I forgive it. I don't say, no, you keep on messing up with that. So I'm not forgiving you. And so in the scripture, we know that as, as we long to receive those things from Jesus, mercy and peace and um, joy, we also have to be willing to extend it. We also have to be willing to give it. And like the, the scripture in Corinthians said, and when we do so, we take away the enemy's advantage. As number five, the reason number five to forgive, it doesn't give Satan the advantage. Again, when we are unwilling to um, be obedient to what we know God has commanded us, when we are unwilling to walk after the likeness of Christ and to do the things that the very things that Christ gives us the power and the authority and the ability to do when we when we lean on his spirit, when we don't do that, we give Satan the space to get busy. We give him the room to move and to slither and and snake about and, um, you know, so many scriptures. He comes to steal, kill and destroy. He's moving about seeking whom he may devour. Sometimes we when we don't um, when we're not obedient to the things that God command us, what we literally are saying, all right, saying, here you go. Here's your floor, because to not walk in forgiveness is to walk in darkness and darkness is where Satan dwells. And so we are literally creating the perfect atmosphere for him to get busy in our lives. And then we turn around to God in prayer 
trying to figure out why there's so much chaos, why there's so much confusion, why he's able to wreak such havoc in our lives when it's boiling down to simple things like this, where we're not willing to forgive, where we are year after year after year, we're, we're setting these new year's resolutions and we're, um, you know, making our vision boards and creating these goal charts and nowhere on any of them have we said, you know what? I'm not going into another year holding this grudge against my sister. I'm not going into another year holding this grudge against my ex. I'm not going into another year holding this grudge against my mother. And sometimes for some of us, the the unforgiveness is so deep and so um, deep rooted that people who we need to forgive are no longer living. Some of us are still holding the grudge of unforgiveness, still holding the burden of unforgiveness from abuse that happened in our childhood by a parent or a family member who is deceased. They have gone on to their resting place, wherever that may be, and we are left here stuck in torment. We are left here carrying this weight, carrying this burden, unable to forget what they, I can't forget what they've done to me. And it's not allowing us, um, as I've said over and over and over again, this podcast is um, designed to deal with healing our broken places and our broken spaces so that we can live that abundant life so that we are able to continue to elevate in God so that we are able to walk into our places of purpose and destiny destiny and so we're trying to figure out like Lord you tell me that you were going to use me and I'm trying to figure out like what am I doing wrong and it's because we have unforgiveness in our heart we're we have an unwillingness to forgive and a lot of the times God has told us has commanded has spoken directly to us and said, it's time to forgive. And so when we don't do that, we are giving Satan that perfect atmosphere that he, we are creating the atmosphere that is conducive for him to come in and to have his way. So number five, when we forgive, it does not give Satan the advantage. Number four, as we're willing our way on down, number four, the reason to forgive is that forgiveness enables the person to forgive themselves. Sometimes people who have wronged us sincerely are sorry and repentative for what they have done. Sometimes we have people who are, have hurt us that have tried and tried and tried to extend sincere heartfelt apologies and because of our pride and our ego we are unwilling to forgive we are unwilling to extend that same grace that God extend has extended to us and, and that he extends to us every day we sit on a high horse amen and we determine that they are not worthy of that forgiveness. We sit on a high horse and we meet out the judgment because remember the word says, judge not lest you be judged with the same measure that you've used to judge someone else. So when you determine, amen, that that person's sins against you is not worth your forgiveness, is not worth you being bothered to extend grace, you better believe that God is going to He's going to extend that same thing to you. He's going to use that same measure of judgment that you use for them. He's going to use that same measure of judgment to you. And so 
it's important that we be careful. Amen. That we, and this is why over and over again in the word, we are admonished to remain prayerful. We are constantly told to be that men ought to always pray because this is the only way that we can draw on the strength and the power and the authority of Christ so that we are able to forgive so that we are able to walk in forgiveness. Even, and, and um, like it tells us in Hebrews, we don't have a high priest who hasn't been touched with our affirmities. We're, we don't serve a savior, amen. We're not looking to trust and lean and depend on a savior who hasn't been touched with our weaknesses, who doesn't know what it's like to struggle, who doesn't know what it's like to struggle um, with the very things that we find ourselves struggling with. That's why he is the perfect sacrifice. That's why he can be our advocate. That's why he is our mediator because he knows how it feels. He knows what we struggle with. He understands what we struggle with. And so um, it's important that we can find ourselves in a place where we're able to extend that same grace, that same courtesy, that same um, willingness to forgive that that Jesus Christ has extended to us and on our behalf. All right. Now, here's our top three reasons to forgive. Number three is because it represents God's, God's love. God is a God of love. We can't love God who we haven't seen, but not love our brother who we see every day. And attached to that love, so in Colossians, um, I believe it's chapter three, verse 13. It says, and let's go back to, to um, verse 12. The, so the character of the new man. So once we've accepted Christ and as he's changing us, it says, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long suffering. Verse 13 says, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do verse 14 says but above all these things put on love which is the bond of perfection so all of those things that are characteristic of a new life lived in christ all of those things are bound together by love so an extension of forgiveness is because of the love of christ that we have in our hearts when we're able to bear with one, one another meaning that have patience with, with a person as they are as they are changing and as they are growing. When we're able to do that, it's because of the love of Christ that is that is in our hearts. When we're able to be meek, it is because of the love of Christ that is in our hearts. When we're able to be long suffering, it is because of the love of Christ that is in our heart. And so when we forgive, it represents God's love. When we are able to extend, it is because of it is of no power of our own. Yes, we have to make a conscious decision to yield to the spirit of God, but it is a, it is of no decision of our own. It is, it is nothing that we do in in and of ourselves. God gives us that ability. And when we have his love in our heart, it's hard to not forgive. It's almost like the spirit of, of God doesn't allow you not to because of the love that has been implanted in your heart. Reason number two, to be forgiving, you must forgive. So 
not only do we forgive because we've been forgiven because Jesus has already died on the cross and rose from the dead. The sacrifice has already um, been given, but to continuously be forgiven because the scripture says that we fall short every day. So every day we are, you know, seeking God's mercies every day. We are asking him, you know, for forgiveness every day. We are repenting. In order to still capitalize on that forgiveness, in order to still receive that forgiveness as we go about our daily living, we have to forgive. Not only do we forgive because we've been forgiven, but we forgive so that we can continue to be forgiven. We don't want God to cut off that forgiveness because we have an unwillingness to forgive, because we have a spirit of unforgiveness, because we have an unforgiving heart. As we forgive, we're forgiven. And that goes into um, the Lord's Prayer where where it says, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. So, Lord, as I'm forgiving those that are doing wrong to me, forgive me when I do wrong against you. As I continue to be forgiving to those doing wrong to me, continue to forgive me, Lord, when I do wrong to you. And the top reason why we should forgive is because forgiveness you to carry around unforgiveness is to carry a huge burden unforgiveness is a burden it is a heavy burden it is a costly burden and it has so many consequences not only does it bring about cursing but it poisons us from the inside out when we are unwilling to forgive it destroys us it destroys the fiber of who we are it destroys our character and so as we are trying to submit to christ as we are trying to allow him to do his work in us when we put up a wall of unforgiveness in the name of jesus it hinders the very atoning work of the cross it hinders what God is seeking to do in us. It hinders what God is seeking to do for us. It hinders what God is seeking to do through us. When we do not allow ourselves to yield to the spirit of God, to walk in the uh, power of forgiveness, we are the ones who suffer. You see it every day. If, if you can be transparent, if you can be honest and say that there is someone who you are not extending forgiveness to, they're going on with their everyday life. They're not thinking about you. <laughs> but you're over here still bitter. You're over here still mad. You're over here still burdened down. And this is not to say that it is not a work. It is not something that has to be prayed about. This is not to, to minimize what the person or people have done to you. It does not lessen the weight. It does not give them absolution. It does not um, undo or erase what's been done. No one is ignoring the the um, damage that has been done. But I truly believe that a big part of your healing is forgiveness. I can speak this with all assurity from personal experience. One of the most devastating experiences of my life where where the person that I was married to and that I was in love with betrayed my trust, extended the ultimate disrespect, 
and having multiple affairs and then um, letting it go as far as birthing children. But the biggest weight of that trial that was lifted was my ability to sincerely forgive. And not because I'm, you know, it, it doesn't still hurt or it, you know, it doesn't make me angry or any of those things, but because I love God so much that I knew I didn't want the enemy to have an advantage in my life. I didn't want my heart to be tainted. I didn't want to have to, um, you know, battle with the Lord over something that I know that he could give me the power to do. He gave me the power to forgive. He gives me the power to forgive. And I have to make a conscious choice at certain points and certain times to walk, to continue to walk in that. It's not to say that some days the enemy does not come to try to tempt me with unforgiveness or tempt me with wanting to be resentful or angry or hateful. But I choose forgiveness because I choose Christ. I choose to forgive because I choose purpose. I choose destiny. I choose peace. I choose to continue to walk in forgiveness because I choose peace. The unrest that happens in my in your mind and your heart and your spirit when you refuse to forgive is not worth it. God has come to give us the peace that passeth all understanding. But we have a a part in this. We have an obligation, a responsibility. We have a role. It's conditional. It says he will keep us in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on him. When I mind heavenly things, when I keep my mind on heavenly things, when I keep my mind focused on him, when I keep my mind stayed on him, then does he make it just a little bit easier to walk in unforgiveness? I can't keep my mind on Christ, but yet my heart is full full of unforgiveness. I can't truly be focused on Jesus and what he has for me if my mind is still toying with and entertaining thoughts of unforgiveness. So the number one reason why we should forgive is because it's freeing for you. It takes away the power of that hurtful thing it takes away the power of that person's bad choice it takes the enemy's power away from being able to torment you and try to keep you in bondage when we forgive it it's like it activates god's power and authority because that can't have power and authority over me when i walk in obedience to what god has commanded then I can walk in his power and authority. And that darkness, that demonic power, that horrible decision no longer has authority in my life. I take my power, I took my power back. When I chose to forgive, I took my power back. The last thought that I want to leave you with on this lovely New Year's Eve as we prepare to move into a new year is the A word. Some of us not only need to forgive, but we need to apologize. That's right. Some of us need to apologize. There are people who we owe apologies to. And the reason why we haven't apologized is because of our pride. 
because we refuse to swallow our pride because we believe that we are right. And guess what? Some of us are dead wrong. Some of us need to apologize, not because we've done anything wrong, but because it opens up the door for forgiveness and peace to be made because that person perceives we did something wrong. Sometimes people feel like we've done something wrong. We don't even know what it is. But the word of God says that when we are godly, we seek to make peace. We let peace take hold. By all means, we do what will keep peace. And so if I have to apologize to keep peace, then I will do that. That we're living in a time and a generation where our egos are puffed up. Our pride is saying, we don't have to take that. We don't have to go through that. I don't have to let you, the cancel culture and all these different things. I don't have to let you talk to me like that. I don't have to let you do um, X, Y, Z, yada, yada, yada. But the scripture says that we let down. The scripture says that we do whatever it takes to maintain peace. That is the way of Christ. That is what Christ would have us to do. That is how Christ has called us to be. So as you prepare to go into a new year, the F word and the A word, forgive and apologize. Father God, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we just thank you and we praise you. We lift you up, Lord God, and we magnify your name. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you that you have kept us from January 1st, 2020, all the way down through December 31st, 2020, as we are approaching the few final hours of this year. Father God, even in the midst of, you still are God and you still are great. Despite our losses, despite the devastation, despite the uncertainties, and even as we prepare to go into a new year with this virus still looming over our shoulders, we still say thank you. We still praise you. We still lift you up. We still glorify you because you are sovereign and you are provident. We thank you for your grace and your mercy. We thank you that you saw fit to keep us. We thank you that you saw fit to heal us, that you saw fit to deliver, that you saw fit to set us free. We thank you in the name of Jesus for keeping us in our right mind. We thank you, Lord God, in the name of Jesus for a reasonable portion of our health and strength. We thank you, Lord God, in the name of Jesus that you you have given us yet another day to get it right. We thank you, Father God, that you have extended your forgiveness, that you loved us so much, Lord God, that you sent your only begotten son, that whomsoever should believe in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. We thank you, Lord God, that you had a plan to extend forgiveness for the remission of sins. Father God, strengthen us in you. Give us the heart's desire. Give us the spirit of willingness to forgive, Lord God, to extend forgiveness, Father God, to be quick, hallelujah, to forgive so that Satan can have no place in our lives. Father God, we ask also, Lord God, that you humble us in the name of Jesus. Father God, help us to take off our pride and to put on humility that we are able to apologize in those places where we have wronged others. Let your peace abide, Lord God. Let your love and your joy rule and reign in the name of Jesus. As we carry over into a new year, Lord God, give us the vision. Hallelujah. Lead and guide us, Lord God. Let us be governed by your knowledge, wisdom, and understanding in the name of Jesus. Cover and keep every person 
underneath the sound of my voice in the name of Jesus. Prosper their hands, Lord God. Begin to make those rough places smooth and those crooked places straight. Lord God, in the name of Jesus, I ask that you open up a window of heaven and pour out a blessing that they have not room enough to receive. And when it is all said and done, Father God, we will be careful to give you the glory, to give you the honor, and to give you the praise. These things and all things we ask in the mighty and matchless name of Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. Until next year, be blessed.